Hello, and welcome to Homegrown History with Limestone County Archivist Rebecca Davis and longtime Athens, Alabama native Richard Martin. Each episode, Richard and Rebecca backtrack in time to explore some of the more famous and infamous events etched in Limestone County's rich history. Hello and welcome back to Homegrown History. I'm Rebecca Davis. I'm the archivist at the Limestone County Archives and I am your co-host along with... I'm Richard Martin, the oldest one in here. That's right. We have a special guest today. We're very excited to bring Dr. Harry Joyner. Uh, He's retired from Athens State University. He is a eminent historian of early Alabama history. So um, we are going to talk to him today about the way Athens was in the early, early days. So, Dr. Joyner, good to have you here today. Sure, I'm glad glad to be here, and uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about prehistoric Alabama. We have an idea of the present time, but we don't realize what was in the past, who was there, right. what animals roamed mm-hmm. this region. Also, Before that's, we get too ahead. far in, I do want to know a little bit about how have you been studying this and have come to know all of these things over the years? Okay. Well, I wrote a, a book for the public schools. Oh, really? Which was used from 1980 to 92. Oh, now, my gosh. Okay, folks. Anybody yeah. who was about in their 30s or 40s, <laughs> like me, yeah. will absolutely recognize the book that yeah. Dr. Joyner has with us today, Alabama, Then and Now. And it's got... The capital on the cover, doesn't it? Blue book with the capital on the cover? Right, right. That's the book that we used, y'all. So when we say Dr. Joyner wrote the book on Alabama history, we mean that literally. Well, a lot of people have. (laughs) A lot of people have written the book, too. So it's. uh, But uh, my approach, I started off, I had more geography than the previous books. And then I had a lot more about contemporary Mm -hmm. Alabama. But uh, we're we're going back uh, at the beginning. Well, for most of the land, it it was covered by ocean. And how do we know that? How do we know that saltwater ocean covered where we're sitting today? Where Athens is? Is that just a fiction or or not? First of all, we we do have fossils Mm -hmm. of prehistoric uh, marine life. I have actually seen some of those on Rainbow Mountain over in Madison. Oh, really? I looked down and, and saw that. Also, uh, we have discovered the bones of sharks and turtles in Clark County and mm-hmm. South Alabama. So uh, there's no doubt that we were covered by ocean. And we also know that the oceans covered this area because of the abundance of sandstone mm-hmm. and limestone. And uh, these are products of, of the oceans. So we have these ocean creatures, whales, sharks, sea turtles, etc. We also have saltwater wells uh, in Clark County. And during the Civil War, uh, people would dig down in Clark County, which mm-hmm. is far from the, the coast, mm-hmm. and get salt water out for different purposes. As I say, if you're uh, looking, trying to dig a well for some drinking water, that's a, got to be a little bit discouraging, right? Well, I think around here, uh, I haven't heard of any salt water wells, but I know down in, in South Alabama, uh, yeah. they're, they're known. Huh. Now, uh, the oldest part of the state is really uh, the, the mountains, and uh, the, the Appalachian Mountains are the oldest part of our state. They appeared about 600 million years ago. 
And uh, the Appalachians stretch from, you know, Alabama all the way up through Canada. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was a little confused at first concerning the origin of that name, Appalachia. Uh, There was an Indian tribe in North Florida called the Appalachians. Mm -hmm. And I first thought that was the origin. But I looked at, uh, I don't know what century, maybe it was 17th century Spanish map. And uh, Alabama was first, it was called Florida, which means full of flowers. Mm -hmm. So Florida, Georgia, uh, Alabama, Mississippi, the Spanish called this the province of Florida. Right. And north of that, in the uh, South Carolina and North Carolina, it was Appalachia. The province of Appalachia, I saw it on a map. Okay, so it's all thanks to the Spanish, huh? I think so, and that's the origin. Most people don't know the origin of this word, uh, Appalachia, and it is our oldest part. I always ask on a test, what's the oldest part of Alabama, and what's the youngest part? What do you think is the youngest part? I'm guessing the beaches. I don't know. The beaches. Hey! The the Gulf Coast. They're about a million years ago, Baldwin and Mobile County appeared. Now, another interesting point, I think, is what separates the Appalachian Mountains from the Cumberland Mountains. And I think that's not well understood. It's the Tennessee River. Mm -hmm. The Cumberland Mountains around here are in Madison County. They're in Jackson County. uh, In whatever hills we have here, I'm not sure in limestone what it would be. And it goes north. If you know uh, Tennessee geography... You talk about the Cumberland Plateau. Right, of course. And if you go up into Kentucky, you've got the origin of the Cumberland River, and you've got the Cumberland Mountains up there. So the, the Cumberland Mountains stop at the Tennessee River. Uh, they were named for the Duke of Cumberland, an okay. English son of the king or something. And when the people in Virginia, the West Virginia, went through, uh, they discovered these mountains. And so naming them for the boss's son, you know, you can't beat that, and the Cumberland Gap, and so forth. So uh, the, the Cumberland Mountains are, are very important. Now, even though we're part of the Appalachian Mountains, all mountains have special local names. Mm-hmm. And down here, uh, two of our most important uh, mountain groups would be Sand Mountain and Lookout Mountain. Uh, this is part of the Appalachian Plateau. Uh, do you know the uh, Indian name for Lookout Mountain? No. No. Chattanooga. Oh, oh there you go. Okay. Mount, mountains looking at each other. And, oh. Uh, oh, is that what that means? Uh-huh. Mountains looking at each other. Okay. Uh, and uh, so, uh, and then you have, you know, Red Mountain and, and Brindley and, mm-hmm. and so forth. So. Mountains uh, all up and down have, like like the Catskills in New York. This right. is part of the Appalachians. Right. Uh, another, uh, I think, interesting thing about that is we say we live in the Tennessee Valley, and uh, a valley we think of as being surrounded by mountains or hills, and the question is, where are our mountains? <laughs> That's true. Where are our hills? Right. <laughs> and the problem is, we live well, we in... We got Lim- Montesano over there in Madison County. <laughs> we, 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 we live in Limestone County, which is one of the widest parts of the entire valley. Right. And, and in the north, in the north part of this valley, you do have Elkmont. Sure. You've got uh, hills, you know, up in northern Madison County. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Elkmont going even in northern uh, Lauderdale County somewhat. The Tennessee Valley changes shape. Over in Jackson County, it's very narrow. Mm-hmm. And in our part, it's very wide and fertile and, and so forth. Thank God. Yeah, that's right. Well, and that, from what I understand, that flat, fertile, wide stretch was why this has kind of always been a hotly contested place. Oh, yeah. You know, between the Chickasaws and the Cherokees, this was hunting ground and farming ground and very well watered and all of that stuff. And so it became, you know, ground zero for clashes between the natives, but then, of course, also clashes later between settlers and natives. Right. Of course, the important thing for us has been the uh, the cotton. Uh, yeah. so over in Madison County, in that Cumberland Plateau, uh, we have, of course, Montesano and Capshaw Mountain. Yeah. Yes. As yes. you... Uh, think like the bump rising up from all the cotton fields. That's that's it, and uh, that's where the WZYP Tower is. Yes. Oh, okay. And you've got Green Mountain and so forth. So when you go through Madison County and Jackson County, you're really looking at the Cumberland Mountains and south of that with the Sand Mountains. Now, uh, we, we do have mountains. When you go down 65, there's a point where you're looking south and you're seeing the hills around Price and so forth. Sure. Mm-hmm. There are mountains there. Uh, if you go east to west, you've got Brindley Mountain, Lacon Mountain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Over in uh, Lawrence County, you've got Penitentiary Mountain. And you've got Eckerberger Mountain over in Franklin County, which is 1,147 feet, which is pretty high yeah. for, for all of this. So that's a little bit about the, the mountains. As far as the river is concerned, do you know where the Tennessee River begins? Up in Tennessee. <laughs> but, but where? Up uh, uh, above Chattanooga. Of course. It's all the way by, uh, I can't remember, oh, mercy. Knoxville. <laughs> Knoxville. Okay. You know, uh, every town has a reason for being where it is. Yes. And the reason for Knoxville it used to be called White's Fort, uh, was that the, the Holston coming down from mm-hmm. Virginia and the French Broad coming in from North Carolina mm-hmm. met there. Yes. Ah. And so that's why you had it, you know, with Athens, it was the Big Spring. Right. Of course, yeah. Why you had it here. And with Huntsville, it was the Big Spring. Right. That was so important and not the Tennessee River. And with uh, Decatur, uh, that's where a ferry was, right. uh, Rose, sure. Rose Ferry. So the, the Tennessee River was named for uh, an old Cherokee village in East Tennessee called Great Tennessee. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, on the, on the Little Tennessee River. Mm-hmm. It wasn't named for the big river. They called it something else. Singing River? Huh? No. The singing River? I don't know what That's it was. That's what the Indians <laughs> I think it was Calamoochee, but... Uh, okay. Big, oh, really? Big, big River. That's I what, believe you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or Big River. But uh, for some reason, uh, that, those were trading villages. And so if you lived in South Carolina and your wife said, where are you going this weekend? Well, I'm going to Tennessee. Tennessee, the, the village of Tennessee, to trade. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, am I remembering this right, that the Tennessee River is one of the few rivers that flows east and west and north and south? Well, it, it's one of the few rivers that goes north to south. Yeah. And then uh, it does go uh, east to west. And we live in, of course, what's the name of the river where we live? Elk River. 
It's, well, and the Great Bend of it's Tennessee. It's the Big Bend. Yeah, Big, big Bend. Oh, yeah. Big yeah. Bend of the Tennessee. We, mm-hmm. we live in the Big Bend. Well, and there are even native references going way back to the Big Bend, aren't there? Well, I don't know what they would have called it, but uh, I do know that there were a lot of prehistoric people living along that river. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that, uh, these prehistoric people. But it's one of the few rivers, these uh, sand mountain just, just made it turn and uh, go toward the uh, west. And then it goes uh, up north into Tennessee. Do you know where it ends? At the Mississippi. No, at the Ohio, right? Uh-huh. Do you know where? No. It, there's a land between the lakes. <laughs> you're close. You're close. But it's right downtown Paducah. Paducah. Okay. Right downtown. And there's a park there mm-hmm. upstream. But uh, that's where it ends. And, uh, you know, I'm from that area uh that area used to flood a lot, but there are several ways in which uh, I think for our history that it's important. There were two great obstacles on the Tennessee River mm-hmm. uh, historically. Uh, you know the one in Alabama. Yeah. The Shoals. The Muscle Shoals. The other one was where? In Chattanooga. In Chattanooga. The Horseshoe Bend. No. Everything. The uh, Whirlpool, Whirlpool, Frying Pan. Yeah. Okay. One area was called, uh, you know, the frying pan, the boiling pot. Boiling mm-hmm. pot. And, and boats really could not go from uh, Knoxville all the way past there. It was, it was, sure. it was just too dangerous. Yeah, right. Uh, what solved that problem? TVA? Uh, not really TVA okay. first. All right. But eventually it helped. Uh, it was Nickajack Dam. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, Nickajack Dam. You know, when you go, you pass Nickajack mm-hmm. Lake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a Chickamauga village. That's the origin of that name, Nickajack. And uh, mm-hmm. these Chickamauga Cherokees came in from elsewhere. So uh, that dam, I think, was built. First, it was an earthen dam around the early 20th century, which solved that problem. But you still had the Muscle Shoals. Right. And there were three or four shoals, uh, not just one. Uh, one was the Elk River Shoals. Mm-hmm. And where the Elk River went into the Tennessee. And if you go to the mouth today, you're going to see a little of that. There's a little island mm-hmm. over there. And that's part. Where, where well, that's- and you know, I've always wondered, and we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more later on in this episode or in our next part of this episode mm-hmm. about the Sim settlement and the uh-huh. folks, you know, people piled on flatboats in Chattanooga uh-huh. and then they came down to the Elk River and went north and settled in northwest Limestone County, North Limestone County, Southern Giles County, Tennessee. And I've always thought, why of all places would they pick here? Mm-hmm. Especially considering, as we'll talk about, it was not legal for them to be here because it was Chickasaw territory. But if you think about it, this was the only real stretch that they could just go. You get on af- past the treacherous parts in Chattanooga, and then you get off the boat before you get to the shoals and Mel- and what have you, what have you got? Limestone mm-hmm. County. That's where they that's where they ended up. Right, and uh, the shoals problem. They they tried to build a canal around it. In the 1830s, mm-hmm. the federal government gave Alabama some land. And it was on the north bank, because the north bank is, is higher. And so they used the bank of the Tennessee River as one part. And then they would dredge. And what they dredged, they would throw over to the other side. But that, that was a failure. It, it just didn't work. 
Another canal was built after the Civil War in the 1870s, and there's a good book out on that, and it shows pictures and things of that nature. Uh, I've had a couple of muscle divers in my classes through the years who actually would go down into the Tennessee River, and one guy gave me five different types of mussel shells. Oh, that's cool. There are many different types of mussels, at least historically, down there. Oh. Of course, it's very muddy, but where the creeks go in, it gets to be clearer, and he can still see some of the remains of that old old canal. Oh, that's cool. Well, and that also makes me think of Cottonport. Cottonport is now just all underwater, but in, you know, in our records by 1808, when Benjamin French first came to Cottonport area, which was down on the Tennessee River, yeah. and uh, that became a really important port pretty fast, mm-hmm. even before Limestone County was established, because that's where people would drop off all their cotton oh, yeah. to store over the winter until the water rose so they could get over the shoals and make it to New Orleans. And, you know, it was pretty important right up until the railroad was built and then, you you know, in the 1850s, and then you could get on over. Uh, the Tennessee River uh, at that time had a lot of landings. About every okay. 13 to 15 miles, there would be a landing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would also have a ferry. About every 10 or 15 miles, right. you've got... You've got Ditto Landing, which we're familiar with. You've got Rhodes Ferry yep. in Decatur. We've got Brown's Ferry. We've got Lamb's Ferry. Uh, yeah, well, there are so many ferries that are mentioned in the Limestone County records yeah. that I people have asked me. Some of them I have no clue where they are. Right. And one thing I wonder if you know, because I've never been able to determine, who was Brown? Brown's Ferry, all I've ever, from the earliest records, it's just listed as Brown's Ferry. Uh, you know, it's hard to, and, and Chattanooga had Ross. Ross was a, mm-hmm. a Cherokee, Ross's Landing. Mm-hmm. But those landings were so important. People who would live, say, 10 miles, that's the way you would get your cotton on a, a flat boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would get supplies from the landing. That's like going to the supermarket. Sure. We tend to not realize how things used to be along that river and how things, how things were and how they're so different today but landings you know were over on all of our rivers uh that was the rivers were the main source of transportation but right with the shoals uh you had the elk river shoals and then you had the big muscle shoals which uh it was covered by wheeler dam but see it wasn't until the 1930s that the problem of the muscle shoals was solved Solved. sure Mm -hmm. and then you have the little muscle shoals going from wheeler to Wilson Dam, and then on the other side, you had the Colbert Shoals that are west of uh, Florence, but they were not a serious obstacles. But the Little Muscle Shoals, the Big Muscle Shoals, the Elk River, it was impassable. And that was the reason for our first uh, railroad in Alabama. Mm -hmm. The first one went from Tuscumbia to Decatur in 1830, Mm -hmm. and it was to take cotton, uh, and of course it was Lawrence County, it's lower there, take cotton all the way to Decatur and take cotton from, you know, Decatur all the way, all the way up. Mm-hmm. So that is the importance of the river. Well, and of course that was 
where the native Cherokees and Chickasaws, there's oh, a yeah. lot of evidence of their settlements down by the river too, isn't there? Oh, yeah. And of course, and that's one thing I'm sure you could probably talk more about this is just how many types of game and wildlife there were in Limestone County in those days. I mean, you know, of course we think of deer and elk, Elk River, obviously, but I mean, bears and wolves and panthers and a little bit of everything in the woods here. Exactly. Uh, it's hard for us to imagine, but there were dinosaurs roaming uh, North Alabama. And we know that because we found the bones. So what what types? I mean, those are names species? that are so long. That, <laughs> that it's just a dinosaur. Just no, a dinosaur. No, t- no T-Rexes, in other words. But, but I, uh, you know, where you can see them, uh, there used to be the Red Mountain Museum. Mm-hmm. It moved, and I think all of those uh, skeletons moved to the McQuain Center mm-hmm. in Birmingham. Yes, mm-hmm. And I would really strongly recommend uh, people interested in prehistory. I did see them at the Red Mountain Museum, and I was just startled at how many skeletons they have. Dozens and dozens. Birds, sea creatures, dinosaurs. Very, very interesting. Uh, there is a Museum of Natural History in uh, Tuscaloosa, and there's one in Anniston. One of the Alabama dinosaurs... I think from South Alabama is what you see in the Smithsonian Institution. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so we had those. We had uh, saber-toothed tigers roaming North Alabama. We had uh, those mammoth elephants hairy yes. with the tusk because mm-hmm. we have the bones that's to, cool. to show. So now, uh, you know, you're, you're correct. Uh, we had a lot of early animals that we don't have today. There were a lot of bears. And uh, the early people called the road from Huntsville, or, or the land south toward Tuscaloosa, Bear Meat Cabin. Bear Meat Cabin. I've, I've seen that That's in, interesting. The, in the early. Uh, there were a that lot was of, the name of the road? No, uh, the region. Oh. The region. Hmm. It was called the Huntsville Road, but uh, Bear Meat Cabin was. Huh. So there, there were a lot of bears. And of course, what happened to them, and if there was a bear in your backyard, uh, it might not stay around too long. We well, don't, yeah. We don't like bears. Well, either. and one of my favorite stories about the early folks, some of the early folks that settled here, was um, Frank Nixon. He was a character, and at least one bear we know he took care of because he killed it for the skin and the meat, and then he dried out the guts and strung them up with red peppers interspersed, and he hung that as a garland around his cabin. So he had a very interesting sense of decorating taste. He also had an interesting sense of naming his kids, too. He named them uh, Alexander the Great Nixon, Lorenzo Dow Nixon, and George Washington Nixon. And his his grandson was James Monroe Liberty Independence Nixon, who was the first superintendent of school. So... Parents can always name their children. That's the right. children might not like the That's name. Right. But hey, just uh, just yesterday I was looking through the records, and uh, in 1881 there was a woman who lived here named Florida Foot. Mm-hmm. I've seen some doozies, but I think right. Florida Foot might be my favorite. Right. <laughs> and you know, another uh, reason we know there were these animals living here, we do have a Bear Creek mm-hmm. over in uh, yeah. Franklin County. Yeah. It's a, yes. And it, it didn't get the name for, for any reason, and... Uh, the Swan Creek mm. here in Athens. Yeah, tell us about that. Uh, I, I've even read in, in the mid-19th century, there were swans on Swan Creek. You know, they just think about the Tennessee River being there. And I, in uh, Donaldson's 
diary. He's the guy that yeah. went uh, to Nashville. Mm-hmm. Donaldson he, Pike. Uh, he talked about uh, stopping along the way and killing swans to eat. So not only does the, do the kings and queens like swans, <laughs> but anybody who is hungry and sees one will. will it almost will, seems will sacrilegious to kill and eat a swan now, but I bet it's good eating. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, 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 that's the point. It was probably the best thing you could get. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there also were elk. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, the Elk River starts up in Tennessee, and I, I think probably the elk came down into Limestone County as well. Yeah. But so much of the Elk River is in Tennessee. Uh, that is, I think, the biggest deer that we have. So you can see these early people uh, needing food, and that's what happened to a lot of these animals that uh, aren't here anymore. I, I can remember uh, reading an early history of the Big Spring, talking about the abundance of rattlesnakes. Oh, oh Lord. Every place around <laughs> there. You know, I, I, I don't think we want to go back to that. Uh, no, that's what urbanization has done. You yeah. Know, the, the, you know, the first guy who actually settled by Big, or tried to settle by Big Spring. Now, it, I don't read anything about him being uh, run off by rattlesnakes. No, but, no. But now, it was James Craig yeah. in 1800. He was, okay. you know, and of course, Limestone County was not established until 1818, but he was already here. But he, according to the what he said, he remained only three days here, not liking the temper of the Indians as manifested oh, yeah. by their maneuvers. So yeah. I think he pretty much skedaddled back to Tennessee. <laughs> the uh, Chickasaws especially. And I, I want to say a word about the prehistoric people. Yeah, tell us a little bit about Who were here, and then we'll that. say something about the Chickasaws. Sure. You know, we, we don't realize today, but the first people in North Alabama were primitive Asians. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, who else? You know, it was a vacant continent. So people who had walked across the Bering Strait, uh, and the, the earliest remains that we know about would be about 10,000 years ago. Right. Hmm. They had arrived here, and of course, uh, uh, Russell Cave Russell over, Cave. over there uh, was one of the, the prime sites. So uh, they came here, and particularly on the islands of the Shoals. Some of these islands were a lot bigger, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were big. And uh, before they built the dam, there was a lot of archaeology right. that was done by the University of Alabama. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the premier archaeologists. And uh, they looked at the villages. They looked at the shell mounds from the mussels. And so that was a great place to live if you were an early person. Uh, your meal was right out your door. Mussels were abundant. Mm-hmm. And there were like 20 and 30 different types. Uh, mussels require very pure water. And that just shows you the difference between uh, now and then. But there were thousands of people, primitive Asians, we won't call them cavemen, but primitive Asians living along the banks, living on the little islands that are there. Now, uh, one interesting thing uh, that we have found is how were these people like us today? That's very interesting. They lived in families. They had burial traditions. That's what one of the mounds, there were two or three types of mounds. One type of mound was a mound where you put your home. Mm -hmm. And you did that because it flooded. Oh, okay. And uh, out at Canebrake, on the 17th tee, 
Yeah. It's on top of an old house mount. I used to see it when really? we would take scouts out there because right. we lived kind of near mm-hmm. there. Uh, that was a, a big cotton field. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to have to tell my son and daughter that. They run cross-country now. They practice out there at Cane Break uh, in the I summer. think it was, it was 17. I'm they're running around a mound. And we would take scouts out there, and you could really see it. And it was up so high because Piney Creek would flood. Good. Right. And that would be a great place. And somebody had tried to dig uh, into it. I think maybe they got down two or three feet because we, we saw it. Uh, and it seemed more like red clay. And there are other mounds around, probably, that we don't know about and have disappeared. It just looks like an inexplicable hill in uh, the middle of a field or something, huh? It did then, and now it looks like a, a place to go to green number 17. I believe <laughs> I have it right. Uh, there's one downtown uh, Florence, which uh-huh. is well known. Sure, they've got the museum there but, now. But it looks, you know, just like a hill. So well, and there's one down at Lucy's Branch, yes. too. So that was one kind of mound. Then they had the burial mounds where they would bury people. That's what and we have a historical plaque at Lucy's Branch. You can go down there and see it. Mm-hmm. So these early people uh, were interested in personal beauty, believe it or not. Really, we have found combs and uh, you know the paint and things of that nature. They liked music. We found different types of flutes and, and different kinds of music, like dancing. Yeah, they like sports. I'm sure uh, swimming across the Tennessee River would have been one yeah. uh, one type of thing. You know, we found necklaces mm-hmm. that the women used to wear, mm-hmm. arm bracelets. Uh, so we we see that uh, maybe they even told jokes. Oh, yeah. you know? I'm sure they did. Did you Made hear about fun that? Of each other. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's interesting to think how these primitive people who lived ten thousand years ago from Asia. Mm-hmm. Are like us today, right? Well, and of course, this is jumping ahead a few thousand years. But from what I understand, with the Chickasaw society, uh, I understand the women were the ones who were the heads of the household because they were controlling the land and the crops and all of that, while the men were out warring and hunting. Is that right? I don't know. I would. <laughs> that's what I've heard. I Maybe that's just it something sounds I want like to be true. Regular day now. So. <laughs> What is it? He may be the head of the household, but she's the neck that turns the head. Right. Uh, Looking at some of these Indians going from the primitive. And, you know, the the mound builders were all over Alabama. We have Moundville. The mound builders go all the way up uh, into Illinois, Cahokia Mound. and, And so it's a very interesting group of people who lived here. And, you know, there were thousands of people living. Every cave in North Alabama had a family living Mm -hmm, in it mm -hmm. Uh, and they would live under shelters if you had a shelter to protect you from the rain then you would have a camp there so Hmm. but looking at the more modern tribes that we have these tribes came from the great lakes region they were known as the muscogean indians you Mm -hmm. know the creeks the chickasaws and the uh, choctaws the cherokees probably came from the, the the delaware region you know they were in Tennessee and so forth. But in, in our area, it was rather fluid. Uh, at first, the Cherokees went, you know, to the west into Colbert County. You know, mm-hmm. there's a place called Cherokee. Right. Right. They were there. They were in Limestone County and so forth. And uh, the uh, Chickasaws, which was a very warlike tribe, they were the sure. most warlike tribe of any. Uh, the first name for Memphis was Chickasaw Bluffs. Right. Mm-hmm. So the, the the Chickasaws went from North Mississippi 
West Tennessee, and some into Western Kentucky. And they were very territorial. Uh, they didn't want you there, you know, right. and, and they would, you know, attack you if you tried to encroach on their lands. So they kind of drove the Cher- the Cherokees back towards the they eastern did. part of the state, didn't they? Th- they did. And, and this, limestone, from what I understand, limestone county was a real battleground yeah. between the two because we're right here in the middle. Yeah. In the ba- big bend. Yeah, I, I don't know how much they would fight or, or whatever, but uh, eventually the Cherokees went back to the hill country and gave this to the to the Chickasaws. You also had a few creek villages uh, in maybe Morgan County, I think Koteca in that area, but uh, the creeks were mainly, the upper creeks were mainly in East Alabama, north of the Coosa River. And then you had the lower creeks, which were around the Chattahoochee River. Most of the Chickasaws really were in the northern part of Mississippi and just spilled over uh, into Alabama, mainly Lauderdale County, uh, Colbert County, uh, Franklin County. That, that's about it. But one thing a lot of people don't realize is that Colbert was a Chickasaw chief, a mm-hmm. prominent Chickasaw chief, Levi Colbert, mm-hmm. who had three sons. He had a lot of, owned a lot of land over there. And one of the Shoals was named Colbert Shoals. And this county of Colbert was named for Chief Colbert, who was a mixed ancestry with uh, one of the traders who, who went through. Uh, the uh, Cherokees uh, were mainly over in Jackson County and uh, DeKalb and uh, Cherokee County. Their part in Alabama, what we call the Chickamauga Cherokees. Uh, we have around Chattanooga, North Chickamauga Creek, uh, South Chickamauga Creek coming up from Georgia. And these Indians left uh, East Tennessee when those Cherokees were making treaties with the uh, settlers. They didn't like that. And they said, we're not going to have anything with it. And they went down to the Chattanooga area. And uh, the villages over in Jackson County, uh, we had Nickajack Village, as I had mentioned. We had a place called Kusaba, Crowtown, Salta. And actually, uh, in Marshall County, Guntersville, Gunter was an Indian trader hmm. uh, who lived in the Cherokee village there, and the town was built around it. You got a Browns village. And then in Morgan County, you had Koteca village. Uh, so those were the uh, Cherokees, and uh, they lived in Madison and Jackson County and so forth. Finally, the Alabama Indians, uh, just a brief word about them. It is believed that they came from originally the the Lake Charles area of Louisiana. Hmm. They're not one of the four tribes that came down from the Muscogean tribes from the Great Lakes region. Uh, They first lived where the Alabama and the Tom Bigby River come together. But they were driven upstream at some point by the Choctaws and settled today in, in particularly Montgomery County, where the Tallapoosa and the Coosa come together to make the Alabama River. And uh, the, the word Alabama, I think, means here we rest. Right. Oh. Right. Here, and this was our coat of arms at one point. Right. Interesting. Uh, yeah, here we rest. This is, this is where we're going to stay. Now, eventually, the Alabama Indians took on the characteristics of the Creeks. Hmm. You know, they were kind of merged. Uh, 
some of the towns that are, are well known, uh, Montgomery is built on top of two Alabama Indian villages. Okay. Iconchati was one. Uh, another Alabama village was Otaga. Mm-hmm. We have Otaga County. Another was Wetumpka. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was an Alabama Indian village. Uh, Alabama, uh, Kos- Kosagi. Uh, and there are other names. They went down into Lowndes, into Dallas County. So you really couldn't go up and down the Alabama River, the Tallapoosa, the Coosa, without the approval of the Alabama Indians. They uh-huh. had a That pl- brings to mind there. a question. Do you know what the um, native Cherokee and Chickasaws would have called this area that is now Athens and Limestone County no, area? No idea. Happy hunting ground, maybe. That's all I've heard. That's all I've heard. Right. Happy hunting ground. Now, uh, the Alabama Indians uh, left Alabama in, in two phases. Uh, they were very close to the French. And uh, Fort, I think it's Fort Toulouse, which is built south of Wetumpka, was built there to keep the English who were coming in from Georgia mm-hmm. out of their area. And when the French lost uh, the war to the British, some of them moved away. And uh, they went back to the Lake Charles area. Now, some of them stayed there. Mm-hmm. And today, and most people don't know this, in Polk County, Texas, there is an Alabama Indian reservation. That's interesting. You can Google it. I don't know. There may be a thousand left. And I remember uh, the, huh. the Indians have a lot of their celebrations in October. And I went to one on top of Mount Asano years ago, mm-hmm. and there was a real Alabama Indian who had been invited to be there. So there still are some Alabama Indians living, but they live in in, uh, Texas. in East Texas. GTT, gone to Texas. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Well, that seems like a good place to kind of wrap up this first part of our conversation with Dr. Joyner, um, talking a little bit about the natives. And um, Dr. Joyner, I really appreciate it. I'm, I've been learning a lot. What do you think, Richard? I want one of those books. I'm going to go online somewhere in the Alabama history so, by Joyner. Richard you know, is a little too old to have had the Alabama then and now book. We had Alabama history, but we didn't have right. it like this. No. Well, so, I didn't listen to them. Now, if your mama kept your old textbooks, <laughs> no, so y'all, you know, I'll, I'll, y'all look, look in your mama's closet and see if she kept your old textbooks from fourth grade. But if not, if you really want a great overview of Alabama history that Dr. Joyner yeah. wrote back in the day, there's a copy at the Limestone County Public Library where yeah. we're recording this. Athens State. That's right. And at the Athens State Library so, mm-hmm, of the fourth okay. grade yeah. when we all studied Alabama history and took our actually, trips to actually, Montgomery. The, the, this one was the ninth grade. Well, that'd be even better. That'd yeah. be a little bit more <laughs> So we're going to sign off for today, but come back next time. We're going to pick up again with our conversation with Dr. Joyner and start talking a little bit about some of the first settlers that started to come and might cause a little friction for the natives that lived here at the time. And so um, thank you for coming, Dr. Joyner. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I've learned something. That's right. If you can teach Richard. That's yeah, right. That's right. pretty good. You did well, Dr. You can yeah. teach an old dog new you, tricks, can't you? You, you, you earn your degree. <laughs> and, teach there, an and there will be no tests. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> All right. All we'll right. see y'all next time with the next episode of Homegrown History. You've been listening to Homegrown History, a podcast produced by the Athens Limestone County Public Library in cooperation with the Limestone County Archives in Athens, Alabama. Join us next time as we explore the yesterdays that have made Limestone County what it is today. For more information, please visit the archive website 
at limestonecounty-al.gov. To hear other recordings from our Library of Voices podcast series, please visit the Athens-Limestone County Public Library's website at alcpl.org. Library Voices is also now available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.